Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Apparently we're recording, so I don't know Okay, great. I don't know how much that got caught, but I have a I had a Charlie horse in my booty for a second. We're good now. Yeah. Though. Welcome to And That's Why I Drink. That's why M drinks today. This week. In that moment, yes. In that moment, that's why we all drink in solidarity. <laughs> solidarity. <laughs> I was just saying I have such a weird fear of Charlie horses after I saw a really terrible YouTube video of one. Yeah, I really didn't like that we were gonna talk about this twice, but yeah, <laughs> I hate that video. I've seen videos like that and it's not fun. I stumbled upon it by accident and I was like, what am I looking at? And then I went, oh my God. Uh, and then uh. now every time I get a Charlie horse, I'm terrified. I'm going to like, it's going to get that bad. So anyway, my, my butt is safe and sound now. So we're good. Oh, thank God. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to, and that's why we drink. This is, uh, oh, I don't know what episode it is, but it's somewhere in the one nineties because I know we're, <laughs> we're my, my sweat pricks every time I think how close we're getting to 200. I know it. Um, I know it. <laughs> But 190 something, we're not there yet. Um, and real quick, I'm wearing, it's hard to see on the video camera, but oh, here it is. I'm wearing our new merchandise, everybody. We can finally talk about it. It says Live Laugh Lemon, and the lemon is written like in a demonic font. Okay, so it's so, a little like demon. I'm so glad that you wore our merch because I thought the same thing too of like, oh, I'm going to wear some of our merch to like promote it on our on the podcast today, but I've already worn all of it and it's all oh. like dirty. <laughs> it's like it's like you wore I, all like 11 shirts. <laughs> I did. Well, there there were a few that I actually sent to my mom so she could promote it from Fredericksburg. I was going to say I actually gave some to my parents too um, and my sister. But the, honestly, uh, every time our, the, our, the lovely people we work with who do our merch, every time they send us like a sample of something, I just like geek out because I'm like, the quality is so good. It's like they so do such good. a good job with it. Um, I'm just so proud of it. And like we worked really hard with Kirk. I mean, we didn't really work hard, but Kirk worked really hard. Kirk I mean, really we were, took it seriously for us. Yeah. 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 We worked hard to make sure like we got the, you know, things that we thought you guys would enjoy. And Kirk, who made our logo, Kirk from work, did an uh, awesome, awesome job. And we have a bunch of lo- uh, new designs. We have Live Laugh Lemon, which is like 
my dream I always wanted. We even have an in citrus and in health. So we got double lemon designs, which is M's favorite. It's actually, well, it's okay. We all know how I feel about lemon, but the in citrus and in health shirt, I actually so love cute. so much. It's so, it's sweet. so cute. And we also I, have a Sassy's Clown College shirt. We've got our- That re- is just- ugh. It's arguably my favorite, but another Bravo. Ru- another runner-up is uh, Retrograde Really Got Us This Time. I think Retrograde Really Got Us This Time is like actually my all-time favorite because it's just so- the design is so cute and like sparkly and fun and like silly. I don't know. I just think that whole design is so much fun. I it's, just love it. Well, I love it. Uh, and then we've also got a it's not you it's not me it's Houdini or it's not me it's right? not you it's oh Houdini. my god it like is we just I'm so proud of all of it oh my it gosh. looks so good and we've also got some new accessories we've got more wine glasses on the site look at we've, this we've got I brought a, it we've got a blood mug we've got a, a blood mug a mug with a blood coaster that comes do you with even it. know it's so cool I, I that one we didn't get as a sample so I'm like purchasing that for myself on the I'm, internet yeah like, I'm mad I didn't a, get a big that weird I got 15 shirts that say Houdini on it but I did not get my blood <laughs> mug <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway we're clearly very proud they're even coasters um so we're just really proud of it and we've been waiting a long time to announce this uh to you all and you can see it at atwwdmerch.com and oh patrons get a 20 percent discount yes um and that's like you know good for any purchases it's not like a one-time use thing please if you are a patron please don't share it because it's a honor little code. secret club yeah, honor honor code. Code. and I'll, I'll but we trust you we do you guys uh, so far uh throughout the entirety of the podcast it's it's I've said it before, but it's very delightful and precious how uh, how loyal you are. Like when we've asked you to keep a secret in the past, you sure do yeah. keep it. So well M and I are M and I are very bossy Gemini's, and we're always amazed because people in our lives don't follow our rules. So we're like, why do they fall? That's it's a special feeling. It's like as we expect, like if we tell Eva, like don't tell Christine because I'm making a surprise. Like it's only one person who has to keep a secret. But when we ask right. the entire entire like audience like <laughs> listenership of and that's why we drink to keep a secret it still works and we're so yeah. pleasantly surprised we don't usually expect our demands to actually pay no. off and sometimes they do so uh anyway thank you everybody um i'm just really proud of it and i'm excited to be wearing only our merch from now on which i mean not surprised uh about that <laughs> um also i have a really big announcement um oh M, do which i know is it finally, already yes which okay. is finally i've I've reached your echelon almost. I'm one step lower than you. I've reached your echelon. I got a blue check. ZB stepped up to the plate. I think after our episode on, it was two days I, after you released the ZB episode last last week. It just, it was like suddenly within two day, 48 hours, it's like it was like I was released. We cracked a yes. curse. I mean, I, it was uh, like people were commenting like but is that really and i was like i think maybe actually that's what happened like i don't know i can't figure it out nobody knows um but i'm I'm just i clearly i made a big deal about it because you know me um <laughs> and i posted my wedding photos with a blue check instead of blaze it, uh, listen and that that was comedy gold is what i call that oh guess what the most embarrassing i appreciate that because the most embarrassing part is that i made that in april when i first thought i was gonna get it <laughs> It's just been sitting in your drafts for it's literally been sitting in my Photoshop Adobe Cloud. And every time I like went in to get something, not that we use it that often, but anytime I go in to get like a Photoshop thing, it I just saw it and I was like, ugh, you gonna haunt me. (laughs) Anyway, so that's the embarrassing part of the story. You know what? That just goes. 
it goes to show how little I check our Adobe account because I have not noticed that. <laughs> it's in there with a lot of weird stuff. So I might have password protected it just so you don't see. Because sometimes I plan things that are in the future that you don't know about. But anyway. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that another day. I'm drinking beer today also, everybody. Great. Um, I'm drinking water because here's the thing. Uh, I... I thought I was going to get here in time to stop at the fruit stand downstairs. And uh, I was going to like get, apparently there's currently a, uh, an offer or an option for watermelon juice, which oh, is my favorite juice. There's so nothing good. I love more than just like a squished watermelon. And <laughs> But then I ended up being on the phone with my grandma and we talked about uh, a lot Aww. of unnecessary things for way too long and I couldn't get my watermelon juice. So now I'm drinking water. So now you're mad at grandma. Got it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I wasn't a little <laughs> upset. I was like, I got to go. And she was like, but first I have to tell you all about your cousin. And I'm like, I know about oh. my cousin. We're good. Well, I just want to talk about watermelon juice. And that's <laughs> she it. She just wanted to talk trash about our, my cousin. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, hey, okay. That is fun. Um, <laughs> I, oh, okay. Sorry. I like wrote these like really crazy scribbles all over, um, like in the margins of this, these notes, because I just kept thinking of things I wanted to say. I apologize. No, um, please. I also wanted to add that I, for Halloween, so happy belated Halloween, I guess. But yes, I also wanted to add that for, I was really excited because I had recorded, um, I finally recorded my crazy Carl neighbor, creepy Carl story oh, yeah. of my the white hand and i finally wrote it out it took me like forever um and i recorded it uh now that i have my little podcast room set up and i thought about it and i was like oh i guess it's kind of a let's not meet story and i'm a huge fan of the podcast let's not meet which is like based off the subreddit uh that i used to read on the plane for like right. years of my life and um so i emailed andrew tate like i just like cold cold called him but via email um and he and i was like i like have this story but like if it's bad don't worry about it like i was just really an awkward turtle about it and then he was like wow i'm a huge fan of your show like thank you so much and he's like i would love for you to read it on the halloween live stream he did so oh, i anyway i recorded yeah. it i was so proud and i so i wasn't like live on the stream but he had the video like play in the stream and i got to watch it um anyway so it's on the newest episode of let's not meet uh which is season four episode 23 and i'm just so proud because it's a show that i love a lot and i'm I so kind proud of, of you fangirl. that's amazing good job thank you i fangirled a little bit and little shameless self-promo the the video itself is also on my youtube channel the x teen files if you want to see the video version Perfect. um so that's that's somewhere on the internet as well um oh and I never mentioned this, but I, I know we just mentioned merch discounts for patrons. Yes. Um, I also, I love seeing everybody's, they got their Halloween postcards. We never really talked about that, but we sent out a right. Halloween postcard to everybody. Um, so it was really cute to see everybody receive those. And uh, I think that's it, M. Okay. Sorry. That was just like a train wreck of just me talking, but I, I just didn't want to forget anything What do you think important. this podcast is, Christine? <laughs> okay. Fair. Okay. Fair. So. Fair. Valid. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about 
an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure, you know, it'll work in your garden. Um, They have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac. And so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Anyway, I, I know it's uh, it's November. and I think at this point we're already like well into November, but I don't care. And uh, I'm still going with the Halloween theme. <gasps> Wait, I am too. Oh, yay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Listen, during quarantine, during what's going on in the world, and also when this comes out, who knows what the election looks like. Maybe we all need a little extra Halloween. So I certainly uh, do. Let's let's do that. So my story uh, this week, I know last week I covered Frankenstein. So this week I would like to cover werewolves. (gasps) <gasps> oh that is spooky spooky ooky and this is actually going to be a two-parter so next week expect more werewolves oh my goodness okay i'm ready listen the also, werewolves like, are a dramatic bunch they sound dramatic i feel like i've already i kind of already relate to them a little bit um <laughs> also i have a bottle of wine here that i will probably be opening during your story so i'll try not to be too you know distracting no, no, no. I but hope to I be interrupted by, like, the pop of a wine bottle after you finish <laughs> your beer. <laughs> okay. Listen, it's been a long week. Also, it's Gio's birthday on Thursday. I forgot to mention that. So Aww. Gio's birthday. When this comes out, it was a couple days ago, Scorpio season. At the end of the episode, I'm going to read a Geoscope to, <gasps> to mark the occasion. Oh, little baby. Because it's been a while. He turns five, everybody. He's literally going to be a 35-year-old man. Yes. Wow. And he doesn't act like it, but no, that's okay. still acts like he's a five-year-old human. But that's I'm almost okay. 30, and I don't act like it, so, so I guess he's it's older. Fair. he's older than either of us now. That's true. He was, for, with, he was the same age as me for a while there, and yeah. you, but yep. almost. Wow, what a good Happy boy. Happy birthday. Happy puppy. Okay. <laughs> so here, speaking of uh, canines, here is the story of werewolves. Oh, good point. Good wow, point. I could have not picked that better for Gio's birthday. <laughs> All right, Gio, here are your hybrid ancestors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here are just, a f- I'm just starting off hot with some famous werewolves because I thought I needed to get in the zone before I uh, 
did a little research myself. So Ooh. in Harry Potter, there are some werewolves. There's Lupin, and then there's Fenir Greyback. I never got that far in Harry Potter, so I don't know if oh. I said that right. <laughs> uh, also, I feel like Greyback sounds like uh, we probably – this is coming from someone who literally does not know what happened in the books or the movies. But Greyback <laughs> sounds like none of us knew it was a werewolf, and then when we found out and their last name was Greyback, we were like, wow, that makes so much sense now. Okay. It does. It's like a it's like a slight hint, like a wink. Like a, a wink, wink. Like they should have called him like Fenir, like Furry Paws or something. But like that would have been too yeah. on the nose. Totally. The, two on the snout. So, um, oh God. Then there's, and from Teen Wolf, there's Scott Howard from An American Werewolf in London. There's David Kessler. Obviously, from Twilight, we've got Jacob. Um, Team Jacob. <laughs> and Daniel Osborne from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Quentin Collins from Dark Shadows. And uh, from The Vampire Diaries, there's Tyler Lockwood. So. Did you have a uh, point of reference for werewolves growing up? Like, who was your pop icon werewolf? Was it Jacob? <laughs> who was everyone's pop icon? Yeah, it was Jacob. I feel like I didn't, I don't know many of the werewolf lore except for Loop, like Professor Lupin and um, what's his face? Uh, Jacob. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah. basically the, the, the teeny bopper. Yeah. That was just me. The, the basic bitch teeny bopper. I, uh, yeah, I would say Jacob was, was the most popular werewolf in my life also. <laughs> so, um, that I'll sounds s- like a Cosmo girl quiz. <laughs> Who's the most popular? <laughs> Who's your, your favorite life? werewolf? <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get into the history a little bit. Um, also when I say history a little bit, what I mean is this whole episode is the history of werewolves and next week's episode is, um, You'll see as I go through this, there's a there's a very uh, large period of time where werewolves were um, a priority, a higher priority than they are today. And there's a lot of stories from that time. So next week's episode is going to be a bunch of the werewolf cases from that time period. So the age of the werewolf, the age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I get it. Sometimes as you say, got it, got it, got it. I should say you get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Help me. Okay. I can't. <clears throat> so You're too far gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And too far away. Mm-hmm. So the original definition for werewolves, which uh, I guess isn't super surprising. It's not super different than what today's is, but um, it's definitely not the actual definition of a werewolf today. It was more of a supernatural transformation um, where people were more of shapeshifters first that could become werewolves versus oh. only turning into wolves. Um, so it was more, uh, I guess a lot of the early stories are people would have to be wearing something from an animal to then shapeshift into that animal. Um, right. And I think it was probably earlier beliefs of like, if you wore something from the animal, you could almost take on their powers. It sounds like a skinwalker type lore. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, nowadays, the current broad strokes uh, definition is when you're turned into a wolf, either by being bitten by a werewolf or by some sort of sorcery, um, and you turn into a werewolf either by will or otherwise, usually at night, um, most often under a full moon. And uh, But you return to human form like by dawn or whenever the sun Got is. It. So, um, 
It's hard to track exactly where the idea of werewolves originated, but there's Old English and Norse storylines that have werewolves. Um, They're probably the earliest um, versions of werewolf stories out there. So the the original (laughs) etymology for werewolf uh, originally came from Norse and Old English, where the words meant were, man, and wolf, wolf. Obviously, we didn't like the sound of were. We went with wolf, though. We like that sound. I um, like that sound. Then there's the ancient Greek lycos, meaning wolf, and thropos, meaning man. So together they made lycanthropy. Uh-huh. Um, and it's also a reference to King, what I'm going to assume is King Lycon, Lycaon, Lycaon, um, because that's actually one of the original stories where a werewolf has been seen. Oh. About, as a, which we're going to get to in a second. So the very first mention of werewolves anywhere in literature that we can find, or that I can find, is uh, was in the Epic of Gilgamesh. And it's the oh. oldest known Western prose from around 2100 BC. It was written on a clay tablet, fun fact, because it's so oh, old. God. <laughs> and... Uh, so if I've they never... messed up. If they messed up, they didn't have anyone to just edit it out. You know what I mean? Like, they could have just smeared the clay and like had like brand new space to write. You know? But didn't they? I thought it was. Oh, is it in clay? I always thought it was like they etch it with like a chisel. But I could be wrong. Oh no, you're probably right. See, my thought is like if you have clay, I guess it, my thought is like something like a little stick or something you could write it and then you bake it like wet cement. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Probably not right at all. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I've never read, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh. I think we had to read that in 10th grade English. I think I'm I was, pretty su- sure. we read Beowulf, which I guess is another uh, we whole definitely read Beowulf wolf book. Bio- okay, Blaze and I literally had like a, in that cab, that murder cabin I was in, we spent like 20 minutes because they had a copy of Beowulf <laughs> on the shelf and we were like, did you have to read Beowulf? I had to read Beowulf. Why would you put that? You got to be so bored. You just got to throw that into a cabin, I guess. It's right. Somebody left it behind for a reason. Well, did you ever have to read Grendel? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, that was arguably worse. Actually, that was Be- like the Beowulf was worse. Beowulf. I think it was like the preamble to Beowulf or something. I don't know. Listen, for- now I'm going to get yelled at on Twitter. But- it was either the prequel or it was like his mom fr- from like the opposite perspective oh. or something. Grendel was his yeah, mom. Yeah, I think it, it I feels like the prequel sort of and Whatever. both. And both of those. Miss- now all the English teachers are mad at me, but I definitely read both of those. Miss Clark Yikes. Evans, if you're listening, I still hated Beowulf. Um, was- Miss Rosero, I promise I never cheated, even though you thought I did, but Zoltan was cheating off me, not the other way around. <laughs> Miss Clark Zoltan, Evans, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't remember if I cheated or not, but I will tell you I didn't <laughs> enjoy the book. I- um <laughs> Whether or not I cheated, that book was terrible. Um, Also, okay, so we're back to Gilgamesh. So I never Mm -hmm. read it, but from what Google tells me, it was a collection of stories written for um, the king of what was later Mesopotamia. Um, It was so it was all these stories written for the king, and it was about this the goddess of fertility and love and sex. And uh, and apparently, this goddess falls for Gilgamesh. But Gilgamesh isn't interested because he's heard how she used to treat her past suitors. So people who used to be interested in her, she like treated them very poorly. Mm. And now she's liking Gilgamesh. And he's like, I'm not into you because I've heard how you've treated. It's like, I know your story. Right. Here's what happened. Apparently, one of the suitors used to leave offerings at this goddess's shrine all the time because he was so in love with her, wanted to be with her. But the goddess grew bored of him, turned him into a wolf. And then he was 
eaten by his own hounds, by his own dogs. Oh, no! And then Gilgamesh oh. was like, oh, you're interested in me? No, 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 I'm going to pass. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, but nice try. Yikes. So apparently that is... Apparently there's a little... Um, uh, disagreement between whether or not that is the first werewolf story or not because uh, I guess this was through magic not because it was a werewolf bite um, right and also because it was they then Gilgamesh or not Gilgamesh the suitor became a permanent wolf like remained a wolf for the rest of his life it's not like he changed uh-huh. in and out of human form Got it, got it, got it. So a lot of people say, yeah, 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 it's a story about becoming a wolf, but it's not a werewolf. Um, and uh, so scholars have disputed whether or not it's legitimate. And then people who don't think that work is the first mention of a werewolf say that the first one is actually the story of Mount uh, Lycaon. Lycaon. Um, oh, that sounds right. Lycaon. Okay, great. <laughs> we found it. We got there. <laughs> I say with zero understanding. <laughs> well, so that is another. Uh, so Mount Lycaon was in Greece. And so if this really was the story of the original werewolf, it would make sense why they used their phrase, their their wording to create lycanthropy later. Sure. Um, etymology wise. So the story of Mount Lycaon is uh, it's about a Roman. Oh, no. The Roman poet Ovid. Have you mm-hmm. heard of him? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Miss Clark Evans? Anyone? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, so the Roman poet Ovid tells a, a story of King Lycaon of Arcadia in, in the 1500s, or 1500 BC, sorry. Um, so the story of King Lycaon is that he ruled this area, and one day Zeus comes down and tells the people of Arcadia that he is Zeus himself. He's like, hey... Just popping in. I'm actually Zeus. I'm a divine being. Do something about it. And King Lycaon doesn't believe him and is like, you're not Zeus. Like, why? first of all, why would you be here? Which, like, is a fair uh, yeah. point. I mean, fair question. Right, right, right. And so he thinks that someone is um, being disrespectful to the gods. And so he's like, I'm <gasps> going to kill this person because <laughs> he's claiming to be Zeus. And that's not right. Oh, no. So he literally murders somebody and then as like a sacrifice i suppose and then fed that human body to zeus <gasps> and zeus what? later found out that he ate a human being and was pissed off yeah that doesn't seem like the way to also get rid of somebody who's faking to be being like right that's not the i know what to do <laughs> it's like of all the things you're gonna be turn him into a cannibal cannibal without him knowing yeah yeah turn him into i, I mean i guess that would be kind of rough so that would be mental torture at its finest I suppose. yeah that's like the that's like playing the long game but i'm too <laughs> impatient for that <laughs> this is the long game so uh yeah so zeus finds out he's like what the fuck and so he burns the mm. whole place down and turns king lycaon into a wolf <gasps> okay which arguably if people if like scholars are saying oh no that the first story isn't real because the guy's turning into a wolf through magic but this right. one's real it sounds exactly the same to me but, sounds pretty damn similar yeah so um the difference here is that king lycaon had a chance to become human again so he had a mm. chance of there being a reversal of this curse or you know whatever you want to call it so zeus zeus said that the punishment would last nine years unless king lycaon uh or as long as king lycaon did not eat 
human flesh while he was a wolf. And if he didn't eat human flesh while he was a wolf, then he would become a human after nine years. But if he did eat human flesh, he would remain a wolf forever. Got it. I get I get it. Uh-huh. I get it. Good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, he stayed a wolf for the rest of his life. So he must have eaten humans during his time as a wolf. I mean, he already had a thing for eating humans, I think, from what we learned earlier. It was already, like, he was thinking about it. He couldn't not do it at that point. So I think this is actually probably closer to the the real origin of a werewolf where they bite you or they eat humans. So that's kind of a part of the evolution of this lore. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup, because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. So most stories of werewolves are based in mythology, at least originally, but then they kind of branch into different versions depending on your local history or your religion, or apparently some cults also have their own views of werewolves. Mm. Um, The next story uh, that did anything for werewolves or that uh, kind of grew um, the lore was in 425 BC, which is interesting. That means Christ knew about werewolves. Does that mean Jesus knew? <laughs> no, BC is before Christ. Oh, right, right, right. And then after death. Yes, sorry. I just see Jesus BC- knew nothing about werewolves. <laughs> just to be clear, he had no idea and he still doesn't. So don't tell Listen, him. Listen, for all the Greenleaf I've watched, I never really got a confirmation on whether or not Jesus knew about the werewolves. Okay. Um, it's just well, I'm here to tell you. I went to Catholic things- school. I know. They don't mention it in the Bible. I'm just saying there was no mention of werewolves. So it could or could not be okay anyway it's a mystery 
It's a full-blown mystery. If there were werewolves in the Bible, I would have read that thing a lot. Honestly, there might be. In, like, Revelations, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of fire and brimstone and other creatures, so there could be. When I was 14, my Bible was Twilight, so I guess I kind of read it. So Ah, um, that's the good book. Yes, you're right. <laughs> the good word, the good news. The good news. <laughs> so uh, in 425 BC, before Christ, Lord, mm-hmm. uh, there was a Greek historian who wrote about the Neuri, uh, N-E-U-R-I, if you'd like to look it up. Sure. And apparently they are a tribe of men who would change into wolves for several days each year. Um, they honestly, I think it sounds like the story really stemmed from them wearing like wolf fur in the winter in harsh climates. Um, and it just kind of stemmed into like, oh, well, they look like wolves and now they just turn into wolves. I think it just kind of blew out of proportion. Um, mm. But that got mentioned a lot. And then also in uh, only a couple years later, 432, a few years later, 432 AD this time. <laughs> just, a couple, just, just a couple years. Just like, you know, just a smattering of years. It's like a blip on the radar. <laughs> oh, help. Okay. So in <laughs> 432 AD, uh, St. Patrick himself is involved oh. in a werewolf story. So St. Patrick was uh, in the middle of converting pagans at this time to Christianity. And he met a pagan tribe that had no interest in becoming Christian. And they even mocked St. Patrick and God himself. Oh. And they began to howl at St. Patrick and almost as if they were wolves because the logic behind it was their howling made as much sense as his beliefs that he was trying to force on them. I see. So no comment, but that is a story. That is a thing that is a story. So enraged about this, St. Patrick then prayed to God for retribution. And apparently, like, the next time he saw this pagan tribe, they were all literally wolves. And so... Okay, so I I was wrong. Jesus clearly does (laughs) know that Jesus knew. I'm telling you. Like, that's my conspiracy of the week. Jesus knew about the... You know you're right. Uh-huh. I know I am. I regret regret giving the wrong factual information because Uh I was wrong. And I'm clearly been been proven wrong. Everyone Um, go to your local church. Tell them what happened. Um, Tell them the good word. Tell them the good news. Which is that Jesus (laughs) knew about werewolves. It is good news, in my opinion. Maybe Jesus was a werewolf. Maybe that's why we never saw him in human form again. Maybe don't tell your church that part, but tell them the first part. But think about it. But think about about it. Think about it near them. So maybe like it'll kind of like they'll absorb your vibes, you know? Right. Just ruminate on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, apparently these this pagan tribe that he he saw as wolves. Apparently, a lot of them were either trapped in wolf form for seven years in a row, or they every seven years had like one night where they transformed into a wolf. We're we're unsure about that part, but the fact that they turned into wolves was a, a for <laughs> fucking sure. That's not a rumor, right? Um, and apparently, they were called the werewolves of Osory, O S S O R Y. In case you want to look that up, so cool. Uh, anyway, this I think this is also because in Irish culture. The gray wolf was like a big part of history, but they have been extinct since the 1700s. So I think that probably that's where some of the werewolf storyline kind of came from. Um, Uh Just from the lore of like, where the fuck did these wolves go? Okay. (laughs) So the full moon aspect. Let's talk about that real quick. So I love it. That uh, comes from medieval Europe um, who took 
from the natural event of wolves howling at night and thus to the moon. Um, basically, they added to that and said, well, if you sleep out under a full moon, wolves are going to be howling for sure, and you might become one yourself. Oh, so okay. So that's another thing that just kind of like, you know, morphed its way into common storytelling. Um so some legends are some legends say that you uh, can't actually become a wolf without wearing some sort of enchanted clothing made from them. Other legends say that you can be cursed um, to have this happen to you. And again, I've mentioned this a few times now, but either in one consistent strip of time or, you know, a certain date throughout time. That's like always your like big cursed day. Um, apparently science has actually suggested that full moons do cause people to transform in a sense, at least psychologically. Um, there have been a few studies. One of them was from August, 2008 to July, 2009 at Australia's Calvary Mater Newcastle hospital. And apparently there were 91 violent behavior incidents that came out of a hospital during that time. And about a quarter of them all happened during a full moon. It's interesting. Yeah, Blaze's mom is a nurse, and she always she's like, I don't know, but all I know is that some, the full moon does something. And honestly, I believe it because I make the argument that if we're seventy percent water, and if the moon controls the tides, and we don't, you know, I mean, I'm with listen, you. You know, you're, the, it's you're a not, formula. You're not sounding crazy to me. I think, especially as. <laughs> Especially as people who believe in, like, energies and vibes. It's like if... I mean, we literally talk about retrograde all the fucking time. We better right. also believe in the moon. And the moon, like, physically controls the ocean. So yeah. why not control our bodies, you know? Checks out. I uh, think it checks out, mathematically speaking. I mean, let's talk to Jesus and the werewolves <laughs> next time we can. I was like, as a Bible expert. <laughs> <laughs> as a reverend. Um, so yeah, so about a quarter of them happened during the full moon. These attacks included being like biting, um, the staff, spitting on them, scratching, pretty much is acting kind of animalistic. Um, then again, people have said they could have been, you know, on, have some sort of substance in them. They could have been drunk or high. Um, but it is unclear why they were so intensely violent specifically during full moons. Mm -hmm, the timing. Yeah. Also, fun fact, uh, the word for lunacy does stem from Luna. So I was hoping you'd say that. I love that. It makes me laugh. I like it a lot. <laughs> it like makes lunatic. Me, it makes me laugh and think all at the same time. Yes. Uh -huh. What a fun like you. fact. That's like you. <laughs> okay. So uh, in 1865, in the apparently there's a book called The Book of Werewolves, which, holy shit, why don't we have a copy of that? Love it. There's another method, apparently, of becoming a werewolf. And apparently, if you are a woman, and I I feel like I'm reading this quote, the sentence itself doesn't make sense. So I've had to do a little, like, thinking. Um, ew. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> well, this doesn't make sense to me. So maybe you can explain it to me. I'll just read the quote, and then I'll tell you what I got from it. So the okay. quote is, if a female at midnight stretches between four sticks... Which, a four sticks of what? I don't understand. Okay. Stretches between four sticks. The membrane which envelops the foal with its brought, which it's brought forth and creeps. Okay, it literally makes no sense. I think, <laughs> I think there was a sentence, a part of it that like maybe got deleted from the website I was looking at. I'm not really sure. But what I'm gathering is if you see a horse that is pregnant and you like mess with the, its membrane, like the fetus membrane or something, 
if you're naked at the same time, you will bear <laughs> children without any pain, but all of the boys that you give birth to will be werewolves. That's what you got from that quote. I'm like, I got like six words from that quote. <laughs> okay. I did not know. Well, because the end of it, from the, the end of it, I should have literally just finished oh. this fucking sentence. <laughs> I was like, how on earth did you gather all of that from <laughs> I that quote? Ended it, I ended I stopped even trying because the sentence made no sense. And it was like, why am I going with this? Well, what, it's, what it sounds like is if you stretch the membrane across four sticks. Oh, okay. Right? Thank you. Like, yeah. I, okay. I don't know, but I don't know. So if you're a female at night, at midnight, and you stretch and you stretch between four sticks, the membrane which envelops the foal, which is like a baby uh, horse, uh, then it is, uh, and you creep through it naked. She will bear children without pain, but the boys will be werewolves. Oh, so you base—that's horrifying. I, I mean, it's horrifying. But yeah, you have to stretch like the membrane of a horse uterus, and you have to crawl through it naked. Okay, well, listen. So like, it's almost like an anti-birth, right? Yeah. Ew. Or. Because you're naked crawling into, like, a, a, an amniotic sac. Into a membrane? Oh, okay. So All right, listen. This what is not I'm, fun. What I'm gathering from this, really, is, like, you just really have to want it. Like, you just have to <laughs> you just really want to be a werewolf. Oh, you really got to want it. You yeah. just, like, there's no accidentally doing any of that. That's true. That's um, true. I, know, I don't usually find myself in that circumstance, you know, <laughs> no. by mistake. I don't ever see a pregnant horse and, like, strip down and, like, then climb into the membrane. Okay. No. No. So here are some other methods uh, throughout time where people have believed you could become a werewolf this way. Not as weird as that one. I'm opening my wine because I've already, <laughs> I'm already done with that, with that whole thing. So one is you have to be born as the seventh son of a seventh son. Oh, okay. It's very specific. Very. And um, a lot of childbirth involved, which, yeah, yikes. In which case your parents really wanted it. Like, that's not on you if you become Yeah, you still really wanted it. Someone wanted it. Well, to prevent this, so let's say you are the seventh son of a seventh son, and now you're a werewolf, and you're like, holy fuck, like, this womp is not womp. what I planned for myself. Yeah. You can get baptized in seven different churches, or you can get baptized under the name Benito, and your oldest brother will be your godfather. If you do, <laughs> if you either get baptized in seven different churches, or you get baptized under that name, and your oldest brother is your godfather, then you cancel it out. Don't ask what me if, why. Okay. Can you imagine, though, like, if you're going through your rebellious phase and you're the seventh kid and you're like, I'm going to cancel out. And then your parents are like, we worked so hard to make you the seventh son of okay, the seventh son. And then you're like, a, I'm Benito. That's a great point because that's like legacies planning in advance. Yes, and you're like, that's like generations. It's kind of like like uh, like a high school musical situation where it's like, no, dad, this isn't what I want. It's what you want. <laughs> and it's like, now I'm Benito and you can't stop me. It, it's That's just it's like the why. <laughs> that's the wildest shit i ever heard but i am so on board with it you can also uh, be to become a werewolf eat wolf meat that one seems like the easiest why would you find a yeah, fucking seriously. pregnant horse and name yourself benito okay <laughs> that's the easiest one. so eat wolf meat enter into a pact with the devil arguably the second easiest of all these things yeah uh be murdered under a full moon and I guess hope? arguably maybe the easiest. <laughs> it's actually, actually that's actually <laughs> the easiest for sure. In my book, that's the easiest. I should have said like, look, Halloween twenty twenty. It's a full moon. Please kill me, and then you'd be a you werewolf. Just stand outside and wait. Yeah. Also, fun fact: Did you know that every nineteen years there's a full moon on Halloween? I did. I because only because I googled it because I everyone was like, "Did you see the full moon?" And I was like, "I'm so ignorant. I didn't even know it was a it was a blue moon too." I think. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Even know I only knew that because of the beer. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway. Well, uh, okay. Be murdered under a full moon. Avoid practicing Catholic sacraments for 10 years. Oh, I think bummer. I'm a werewolf, right? Does that make Wait, me a werewolf? Hold on. Yeah. Oh, uh-oh. I think that makes both of us a werewolf. <laughs> you could also be cursed to become a werewolf or have sex with one. So oh, good. everyone who's fantasized about Jacob, you're in for a rude awakening. I think uh, I, you're I think imaginarily a werewolf now. How? To be fair, though, I think everyone who was in love with Jacob like fully wanted that. Like that, that's what they wanted. I don't think they minded. I think they knew no. the risks involved and were like, whatever. Let's just take. When what's her face was like, I want to be a vampire, and I was like, stop. I feel like that's what <laughs> everyone else felt about being a werewolf. Well, I get it. Sure. I mean, you know what? Of all the things on here, having sex with a werewolf isn't the weirdest. So whatever. No, it, it's certainly not the weirdest. <laughs> so in modern lore, uh, you can only kill a werewolf. Do you know what the only way is? A silver bullet. Yes. No, it's a, a silver really? bullet. Really? Yep. Oh, I thought maybe that was a vampire. I wasn't sure. No, that is like garlic or daylight. Although arguably a <laughs> werewolf would also be daylight. Like, Aren't he- there silver nails, though, for a vampire or something? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like you- to pierce their heart. I don't know. A, a wooden stake in you the heart. You just covered this. I'm sorry. I'm ignorant. I didn't do vampires. I did Frankenstein. Oh. Oh, why am I thinking you did Dracula? Okay. And vampire. Well, I've done Bela Lugosi's mirror. That was the closest thing to, I think, okay. Dracula I've done. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I that's thinking a, Frankenstein. a wooden stake in a heart for vampires, or I think silver, silver nails that were also blessed in holy water. If you nail them uh, into their coffin, they can't get out. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. And then they can't drink blood and then they like starve to death or something. Womp womp. Um, but yeah, so with a werewolf, apparently also there's a understanding that werewolves don't like water, which is, oh. untr- I didn't know that one, but um, the one I've always heard is you can kill them with a silver bullet. But throughout history, silver bullet has actually kind of, it's the evolution of an, an earlier solution to werewolves, which is actually just quicksilver, which is liquid oh. mercury. So, um, that'll kill anyone actually. Yeah. It's like, Oh really? That'll, (laughs) that'll kill a werewolf. It'll also kill me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so apparently it was originally quicksilver and I think it just kind of blossomed into like silver bullets. Okay. Also, if you suspect a werewolf invasion, apparently salts around the perimeter of your house will keep them away because it will suck all the water out of their body. Fun fact. Oh goodness. Um, And then I wanted to say, so in the 1800s, there was a Dr. Blom, who was an assistant professor in the Netherlands uh, of psychiatry, and he was in charge of the school's archives, and he found that there were actually, at that time in 1850, there were 56 cases of people who actually believed they were animals that were, like, turned into wolves. Oh. Um. And 13 of them met the clinical criteria for lycanthropy, which is the delusions of thinking that you're a werewolf or that you will turn into animals. Um, So a lot of of these people had these thoughts at night where they really believed they were turning into wolves and running around the forest at night. Um, And that's clinical lycanthropy, apparently. Um, The delusion of feeling like an animal or behaving in a manner resembling an animal. There is also another condition that has nothing to do with lycanthropy, um, but it's like nickname. It's like, which is like not totally PC is like, uh, it's called werewolf syndrome and it's actually hypertrichosis and it's abnormal hair growth on your body. So that's a totally different condition, but, uh, 
Lycanthropy is like the psychology of believing you are a werewolf or believing right, you're like a wolf a, or an animal. Right. And then hyper... Like a more psychological thing. Right. And then hypertrichosis is just like abnormal hair growth, which yeah. like... It which can, is like pretty common too. Apparently like really extreme cases, people have quote looked like werewolves because they have like fear on their face and like places where usually your skin doesn't have really thick dark right. hair. Um, right. So just wanted to also shout that out because i wasn't aware that either existed and now that i know about both so um so there was also just to turn into christine for a second spain's <laughs> first documented serial killer uh was known as the werewolf of alarez um oh, no. so this was in the 1800s this is super quick his name was manuel blanco romasanta um he was a cook and he was also a mountain guide. So he would take people through the mountains when they needed help crossing. If there were women and children who hired him, he would kill them. And then he would uh, forge letters to their families, pretending that they were them. So no one would notice they went missing. Um, but he got caught because he started selling soap that was rumored to be made of human fat. And people were like, oh. where are you getting this human fat? And so he ends up getting arrested and he admitted to 13 murders. And he gave the defense of lycanthropy because he thought uh. he was a wolf and he thought because he's a werewolf, he's killing them at night as a wolf. And then he comes to human form and doesn't know what to do with the body. So he was turning them into soap. Right. You know, werewolves and their soap. <laughs> and their, their cleanliness. I mean, just ask yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, he knows. One of the modern tales, one of the more modern tales of werewolves is in Hull, Yorkshire, England, there's actually a werewolf with really bad breath called Old Stinker. Um, he's also known as the Beast of Barmston Drain. Uh, apparently he was first reported in the 18th century, but he still pops up to this day. The most recent was in 2016. Um, he's been known for being eight feet tall. He has a human face and his breath is so bad because he digs up corpses from cemeteries. Oh, no. So I think it's probably just like a local lore, but they s call him a werewolf and people still have sightings of seeing like a wolf with a human face um, called Old Stinker. And he was last seen terrorizing women and then leaping over fences. Um, oh, no. So real quick, just to give you. Um, so that's the end of this uh, episode. But um, I am going to talk for just a minute or two. I want to give you guys a smattering sampling trailer a little sneak peek if you will of Ooh. next week so without getting too into it next week specifically are going to be is going to be um the topic of the werewolf trials which <gasps> apparently there just like how there was a witch trials there was a werewolf trials from the 15th oh to 18th century and everyone was like getting like called out for being werewolves Oh my gosh. Which I've never heard of. The witches, they just like totally upstaged the werewolves. So these classic witches. So these are some of the stories that were just kind of shorter. There's uh, three of them, I think. And they're just super short. So I, I'm not including them in next week. So I just wanted to oh. give you a, a smattering of what to expect um, yes. next Sunday. So the first one is the werewolf of Shalon or the demon tailor. Uh, this was in France in 1598 and apparently it was such a really like such a graphic story and it broke so many taboos that the parliament of Paris deemed the court transcripts so unpleasant and burned them. So all that's left uh. is just retellings. 
Oh, um, no. So by day, apparently the werewolf uh, being mentioned was actually ran a tailor's shop and would lure children in. Uh, <laughs> and then he would abuse them in many ways. That's as far as we'll go. He would also slit their throat. He would cut up their bodies. He would eat them. And there were apparently one or two cases of necrophilia. Yikes. He stored them in barrels in the shop's cellar. And he also did the same thing, not just with children, but with lost travelers who would ask him, like, directions. Ask him for directions. He ended up being found out and burned to death. Another story is Hans the werewolf um, from 1651 in Estonia. Uh, he is actually the youngest person to have ever been executed for lycanthropy and also witchcraft at 18 years old. Um, Hans was thought to be a werewolf and a witch and was brought before the judges. And Hans made a confession uh, that he had been a werewolf for two years, but he had not taken the form willingly. Apparently, he had been bitten by a man <gasps> in the forest wearing all black garments, which the, uh, I guess his government was... Um, more christian and immediately assumed that this was the devil himself so they assumed that hans had been bitten by satan and uh they assumed because he was bitten that it was evidence of a pact witchcraft which sounds a little victim blamey to me um yeah and so they ended up sentencing him to death for being for like allowing to get bit basically which is terrible oh come on um even though there was no evidence that he actually was a werewolf. They just expected him. They just expected that he was. Um, another one is the Wolf of Ansbach in Ansbach, Ansbach in 1685. Apparently the town was plagued by all their livestock being killed by wolves. And they assumed, naturally, it couldn't be real wolves. It must have been the mm. mayor that just died that they hated. <laughs> who came oh, back. What? Who came back from the dead as a werewolf to kill yeah. all of the livestock in the city that he did not take care of. I love that he was so disliked that they, even once he died, they were like, shit, now this we can't fucking, fucking gossip about this guy anymore. <laughs> I guess we got to pretend he came back to life. His his name was Bert Burgermeister. He was the chief. That ma- means mayor. Yeah. Okay. He was the chief magistrate. And apparently he was just so fucking hated that they were like, every time livestock is dead, and killed here. It must be because our dead mayor That's is doing it. So unfortunate. So a- what about the new mayor? Was the new mayor like, guys, I'm over here? <laughs> he was like, thank God you don't hate me as much as that guy. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, it was definitely him. So apparently they had a hunting party and the dogs found this wolf uh, and then killed the wolf. And all of the citizens chopped off the wolf's nose. <gasps> No. They, they dressed it in men's clothing. They added a human Ugh. mask and then they hung the body from a pole and the carcass was later installed in the local museum to warn future mayors <sighs> to not mess with the town. <laughs> and then apparently... And the, the town never had a mayor again because that, why the mayor would anyone was, want that? The mayor was never seen again. And Ugh. apparently the wolf did not resume its human form upon being killed which apparently one of the things is like you know you've killed a werewolf when they turn into a human afterwards and because he didn't turn into a human afterwards they were like all embarrassed because they're like oh clearly this was literally just a fucking wolf wait that's really sad don't do that so there's that story and then the last one i'm going to tell you really quick is there was apparently a whole specific type of werewolves called the benandandi benandanti werewolves who were known as good walkers 
And they were a group of visionaries from Italy in the 1600s. And apparently they claimed to astral project at night to fight off dark witches to ensure good crops for the upcoming season. Oh, that's nice. So they were wolves, good wolves versus bad witches, all to save the crops of the town. Which, like, you really nice. Stephanie a, Meyer. You really should be invested in your fucking town. Like, if all the corn went bad in Fredericksburg, I wouldn't go astral project and fight witches for it. Oh, I would. But, I mean, we have different, you know, outlooks on life. <laughs> we have different priorities. Um, <laughs> apparently, all Benendanti werewolves were did not choose this and could not become it magically but it was their birthright because they happened to be born with a call do you know what a call is no apparently it is when you are oh, born with your placenta it's when you're born with your placenta and your amniotic sac like on your head or like on your face intact like intact yeah, so I've, seen, I've heard of that if that happens then you are immediately a benandanti werewolf and it is your birthright to fight the witches to save your town's crops Wow. Okay. I've also heard that like that people believe you have like a second sight if you yeah. are born that way. So that that's probably also where that stems from. Like you have some sort of really special, some sort of gift. But anyway, that is the first half of the history of werewolves. Sorry, it was very long, but I hope no, it was entertaining. No, I loved it. All right. Hello, M and everyone. This is another story I have for you today. And this is also a Halloween. Who knew how many crimes took place on Halloween? I have another Halloween story for you. Great. Spooky Um, season is still abound. It's always and everywhere and every day. So this is the story of Cindy Song. And Cindy disappeared. Well, every time I say I feel like I know that story, I'm wrong. So just continue. (laughs) Not always. Sometimes you know. Uh, I probably Lorena Bobbitt. I did know Lorena Bobbitt, but that was was a a freak accident that, like, we just happened. (laughs) That was an hour away from me. Of course I was going to hear about that one. So... (laughs) Oh, anyway. that was about somebody's somebody's penis. <laughs> You're <laughs> bound to know about it. If it's a really like violent like crime like that, I'm probably gonna hear about it at some point. So. Yeah, I imagine. Um, well, this one I actually had not heard of before. Okay. Um, but this is a disappearance of Cindy Song. So it takes place Halloween night 2001. Uh, Penn State senior Cindy Song attended a costume party with her two friends Stacy and Lisa at a place called Players Nightclub. Uh, so. For people who are familiar with this area, which I am not, um, the Penn State area pretty much, uh, the club was called Players Night Club from 1990 to 2008, and it was uh, then named Indigo, and then it was then named the Basement Night Spot in 2018. So it's currently called the Basement Night Spot. So if you've been there, that's where the story took place. And what was the original name again? It was called Players Night Club. Players Night Club, okay. And then it was called Indigo. These are all very nightclubby names, I yeah, would say. Yeah, Indigo sounds like a swanky <laughs> town, like a swanky spot to go. It sounds like it has like blue light and stuff, you know. Yeah, well, it's got um, it. If it. If it were called Indigo and had fucking yellow right. lights, I'd be so angry. It's so silly. <laughs> Why would I even say it? You're I right. Know. So silly. So the basement night spot. So currently, um, that's the current uh, nightclub. Sure. Uh, their motto is drink, dance, and be social. Ew. Okay. Live, laugh, lemon. You know. <laughs> Anyway, um, and their signature drink. Now, this is where I can suddenly relate. Is called dumpsters, uh, which are six dollars. <laughs> I, I, I heard myself say it, and I didn't even mean because of 
Okay. <laughs> Man, I really just walked right into that one. <laughs> I can relate. It's called dumpsters. <laughs> So, <laughs> okay, I'm it's sorry. Called, it's, called, <laughs> it's called a dumpster. It's six dollars, and the reason I said I can relate is a because I'm trash, but b because there was a drink at Miami, which Miami of Ohio, where uh, Blaze went to school, where I used to go after I graduated college and decided I needed a social life, and it was called the trash can. Okay, there we go. Okay, that makes more okay. sense. Now. And I relate to both of them equally. <laughs> you just said dumpsters Trash. so cheerily, like you were just so proud to identify as a dumpster. <laughs> I am. Thank you very much. Wait, what did you call my look that one time? Oh, I don't know. I'm Classy so, trash or whatever. It was something. I've honestly, I'm so embarrassed still that I called you that, and so I it's everybody totally... was on board with it. Literally, not one person was like. But what I like I think I got to like it. boho farmhouse or cottage boho cottage cottage core or something. <laughs> it was much better than fucking dumpster. Dumpster, like a dumpster class, and um. So anyway, there was a, a drink at Miami of Ohio called the trash can. Shout out to all of you uh, Miamians. Call okay, so it's called the trash can, and I used to drink these. And let me tell you what's in it. Okay, one part vodka, one part gin, one part rum, one part triple sec, one part blue curacao, and then you top it with a splash of sour mix and turn a can of Red Bull upside down inside it. Huh. So it just I used to like, drink those. It sounds a like lot. a New Age Long Island iced tea to someone who's never drank. It is, yeah. It's basically like every type of liquor mixed together, but then you also add an energy drink, which like will gets you real fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is it tasty? Um, so th- Do you like it? It is very sweet. It's okay. like extremely sweet. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I like it. Great, but also I, I relate to it. So, <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a special class. Um, anyway. That is literally so irrelevant to the story. I apologize, but I thought that was interesting. Um, so anyway, Cindy was dressed up as a Playboy bunny, but her friend described it as cute rather than like trying to be sexy. Okay. So she basically said she had bunny ears and a tail. It was a very cute outfit. It wasn't like a sexy outfit. It was a very cute outfit. That was her thing. She was very cute. She liked to look cute. So it was very much like I'm a cute bunny rather than like, ooh. You yeah, know, I'm not I'm not trying to like sexy. I'm not trying to woo anyone. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm here to party, have a good time. Or I'm trying to woo with my cuteness rather than like my like. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, cute or sexy. So uh, <laughs> I'm a dumpster. I was going to say. Determined. Very few dumpsters <laughs> also have a va va voom effect to them. But <laughs> oh, that's so true. Em. How oh, sad I'm sorry. For me. To my favorite dumpster. I, I literally created all of this, uh, <laughs> this entire scenario for myself. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, so the three friends all partied into early hours of the morning, and the club closed at 2 a.m. They didn't want to end the night, so they drove downtown and stopped at a friend's apartment where they played video games for the next couple of hours. At 4 a.m., Cindy was dropped off at her apartment on the 300 block of West Clifton Avenue by her friend Stacy. And then the next day, November 1st, Cindy's roommate... Young Zhu, who was also known as Catherine Kim, gets back to their apartment. So that was her roommate after visiting family in Philadelphia. 
So her roommate comes home. There's nothing unusual about the state of the apartment, but Cindy is not there. So it took our friends three days, so until November 4th, to to suspect that something was wrong and to report her missing. Uh, Nobody had heard anything in that time, but it was also common, like, for these group of seniors to, like, not see each other every day or not chat every day. So the fact that she was gone for a couple days or, like, wasn't texting or whatever wasn't that weird to anybody. Um, They needed to study. uh, They had social lives. They also, you know, had uh, classes and that kind of thing. And Cindy lived off campus. So it wasn't, like, super alarming right away that she was gone for a couple days. So she was studying uh, integrative arts, which is a course that also offered engineering, communications, and science. And she majored in art while also watch, uh, working two part-time jobs. So she was a busy bee. Um, when she didn't show up for one of her jobs, waitressing at the Seoul Garden Korean restaurant and then couldn't be reached by phone, her friends, that's when her friends started to worry. Gotcha. And okay. think, like, something is up now that she's not showing up for work. Right. According to her friends, Cindy always had her phone on her. So when she wasn't responding to texts or calls, um, they knew something was wrong. So it was two days later on November 6th. So now it's been six days since Halloween. Right. November 6th, the police searched Cindy's apartment. And like the roommate had initially thought, nothing seemed abnormal about the apartment um, except that Cindy was gone. However, they did find a couple things that seemed pretty odd. Mm. So that night on Halloween, Cindy was wearing her bunny costume. And part of that were these... uh, fake lashes much like xenon would wear you know (laughs) big fake lashes you had me at xenon big ass falsies got it (laughs) big ass falsies (laughs) exactly so she had worn these um falsies uh as part of her costume and those were found on the bathroom counter Mm. uh in other words she had clearly home yes exactly home to take them off exactly and as someone who has worn falsies literally the first thing i take off of my body i mean if if i'm wearing a bra and falsies the falsies go first well you've got two hands for a reason you gotta go falsies bra at the same time yeah you're right god gave me two hands for a reason (laughs) uh yes and those are the reasons uh take off a falsie take off a boob trap okay (laughs) so a booby trap okay anyway back to this Okay. So she took off her falsies. And so they were like, okay, so clearly she got into the apartment and got into her bathroom. However, uh, there were a couple things missing. Um, So her purse was gone, which had her driver's license, her keys, and her credit cards. However, they did find her backpack in the apartment and her phone was in it. So that was... that's That's a red flag right there. Right? Like, so if you see your friend's stuff and, like, the wallet is missing, you're like, oh. But then the phone, it's like, why would anybody leave with their wallet but not their phone? Doesn't right. Doesn't make sense. It's like if you checked my room or my apartment and there was, like, a nice steaming steak on the table. Oh. And I had been missing. You'd be like, oh, my God. Sound the alarms. So, what happened? Murdered. What happened? Yeah. There's falsies everywhere and a steak <laughs> and it's been murdered. <laughs> Me cross-dressing as Xenon. My falsies are just... <laughs> In the steak. It's crazy. (gasps) Oh, man. What a look, though. What a look. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, right. So her phone is still there, which is alarming. But her purse with her driver's license, keys, and credit cards is gone. So it's believed that Cindy entered her apartment around 4 a.m. when she was dropped off by her friend Stacy, but then left shortly after. Uh, Her roommate said the door was locked when she had gotten home, which insinuates that when um, Cindy left the apartment, she locked it on her way out. 
because right. she wasn't in it and it was locked and it was empty. Right. Uh, seemingly, she had locked it with her own keys. Um, after several delays in the investigation for unknown reasons, um, police finally got around to scanning Cindy's phone and bank details. And there was no unusual activity. So she hadn't made or received any calls. She hadn't sent any emails hmm. from her three email accounts. Um, she hadn't bought anything on her credit cards. And as a sociable person in their 20s, and she was a senior in college, it was just odd. It was odd that she wasn't emailing anybody or buying anything. So at this point, my my because whenever you do a mystery, obviously, I'm going to throw in my <laughs> two cents that mean nothing. But no, I, no, I love it. My thought so far is that she was abducted from her own home and someone locked the door on the way out because she would have brought her phone if she planned on going somewhere and then got abducted there. That's a good point. My only thought is, wouldn't they just abduct you and not make you lock the door? That just seems like excessive. I guess so. I mean, but you're right. I mean, it's. I guess if they were trying to make it look like she had been home and like this was she had just left for the day, she would have they would have also grabbed her phone. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know, But you're right. I mean. Th- yes, that's I mean, that's a that's a very fair point, because it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense either way. Yeah, the locked door is odd. The locked door is odd. Yeah, that's a, that's throwing me off. It is. It's throwing me off, too. Um, so little, little, uh, nothing's happening on any of her accounts. Um, so although Cindy was sometimes known for being spontaneous, um, she didn't have any travel plans in November. Uh, and her friend said it was uncharacter- uncharacteristic of her to just leave without warning. She also didn't have a car, so it wasn't like she could have hopped in the car and driven somewhere and maybe mm. like crashed or who knows what. Um, she didn't have a car, so so that wasn't an option. Um, and the other thing they found in her apartment, now this is interesting, were Britney Spears tickets. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Another so these- place she would have worn her falsies. I'm just saying. Exactly. She got to <laughs> save those. Uh, <laughs> these Britney tickets were for Britney's Dream Within a Dream Tour. And although she had a few dates around Philadelphia on November 8th, she was supposed to or she did perform at the Bryce Jordan Center, which was a 15 minute drive uh, away from Penn State. So that is most likely the the concert she was going to see. Right. And so it it just was odd that she had these tickets for November 8th and then would like like intentionally vanish. Right. Like she's got like 24 hours before this concert. Where the fuck is she? She's got to make her plans. How could you leave? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How could you intentionally leave behind your Britney tickets? Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no one forgets those. No one forgets those. Um, And as a quick note, the Dream Within a Dream Tour. So now I've been really obsessed with this whole... um, uh, The Britney uh, thing, right? Yeah, the Britney, the Britney drama and uh, and Sinisterhood did like a series, a three part series on this, and I was obsessed with it. Um, it's so fascinating, and so uh, the conservatorship with her dad and everything, and her TikTok account, right, the free Britney, free her, Britney, exactly. All I know is like I don't, I haven't listened to any podcasts or heard much about it. All I know is that like people think that it's like not actually Britney, or that she's like super like like on like so, like high on substances or something or like not acting like herself because like someone saw a video where her teeth look different but then she's also like i don't know yeah. Actually, i'm not sure i'm not sure about much so the account was started and it seemed really odd like it was verified as her but people were saying like are we sure this is britney like she's acting so weird um her all the i watched all these tiktoks i went to like a rabbit hole all the tiktoks are very blurry like it was a like it's a crummy phone and everyone's like does Britney Spears have an iPhone 4? Like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> she have an it was Android? Really What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, that is impossible again. Yeah, but so it was just really strange. And like, um, her dad has conservatorship over her. And so 
basically Britney fans started saying like if there were comments and the you know the top comment would say if I mean listen to the sisterhood episode they do a way better job isn't obviously it, isn't it like if something's wrong wear a yellow shirt or like uh-huh. do some sort of clip like hints and then like those it were actually said, happening yeah it said wear a yellow top and do a spin and literally in the next TikTok she's wearing a yellow shirt and she Ugh. spins around in a circle like three times and it's like oh and my that's god. It. And she's just like holding flowers. And Christine, it's like, you should cover that for an episode then. It's so, I mean, Sinisterhood did such a good job that I'm like, I'm just probably going to flop it. But I might, because it's really interesting. And apparently she expressed like her support of the free Britney movement. Like she's like, I'm part of it. So it's like, oh, uh-oh, okay, something's okay. up. Very, very creepy and timely. But hmm. anyway, so I've been obsessed with that. But so speaking of the Dream Within a Dream tour, which was happening at the time in 2001, uh, I didn't see Britney live ever, which I is one of the biggest failures of my life. Um, <laughs> but according to the review of the a review of the tour on Britney International, the tour commenced with a woman dressed in what seemed like 18th century pajamas, telling everyone what the performance's theme would be: a dream within a dream. Uh-huh. Bewildered, the spectators looked on as an almost stage-length screen revealed Britney for the first time. Will all my dreams come true, she asked, before disappearing. After a few more minutes of on-screen oddity, it was time to get down. Okay. So, I'm so mad that I didn't see Britney that's live. That's all. quite a uh, quite a description of it, though. That's, that is, right? Somebody has a way with words, and it's not me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so this led her friends and investigators to believe Cindy had no intention of leaving town unless this were all a part of some ploy where she bought the tickets as, like, to throw people off. Right. Like as but a, that that Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just seems far fetched. But also it sounds expensive. Like that's an expensive it fucking does sound <laughs> expensive. That's, that's quite a uh wrench in the in the mix you want to throw. You are actually very that's a very good point. Um so unless she's trying to throw people off course, it seems like she wasn't intending to leave town. But according to a Penn State Daily Collegian staff writer, um, and the Penn State Daily Collegian is their college newspaper, Cindy kept creative scrapbooks packed full of past concert tickets. Um, so she loved going to concerts. It just wasn't likely that she would skip this or miss it intentionally. Um, also, in support of the theory that she didn't plan on leaving, she had a receipt for a computer, which was going to be delivered in a couple days. So but she had a lot of reasons to be home. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like expensive ones at that, right, as you right. mentioned. Um, so a detective for the Ferguson Township Police Department at the time of Cindy's disappearance, and his name, I'm just going to get it out, out of the way. His name is Detective Sprinkle. Uh, <laughs> his name is Brian Sprinkle. That poor, that poor, poor detective. Uh, detective? Detective Sprinkle? Detective Sprinkle. That's Can Detective you, Sprinkle to you. Can you imagine the the comments that guy got as a kid well he's interviewed in the unsolved mysteries about this and he just looks pretty fucking like classic like a dude just like just a cop de- dude de- right detective yeah. like classic de- it doesn't he doesn't seem like he'd be have a fun name he was i bet like, he's just heard it so many times he's probably over it he grew up being like i have to make sure i completely deviate myself from sprinkles yes, yes. <laughs> i can't change my name so uh i guess you could but i think it's a fun name and i would embrace it right so brian sprinkle that's detective sprinkle to you uh said Quote, we have no body, we have no crime scene, and we have no actual crime, so it's been very frustrating without any of those pieces of the puzzle, and because of that, it seems like she just vanished in thin air. 
So although they had found the fake eyelashes, um, it seems they were the only part of the costume left behind. So basically, according to Detective Sprinkle, we know that whenever she left the apartment, she was wearing the clothes she had on that night, which was the bunny costume. Right. Okay. That wasn't found in the apartment. Right. Okay. We also know that her purse, her pocketbook, or whatever she had with her that evening contained her driver's license and credit cards were with her too because we could not locate those in the apartment. Mm. So in early November, in the days that followed, her picture was plastered everywhere. There were photos on like telephone poles, TV broadcasts, newspapers, websites, um, places all over campus, and they all showed Cindy Song's face in the hope that the image would spark someone's memory. Um, they searched a wooded area near Penn State University but couldn't find a trace of her. And meanwhile, Cindy's mother, Bansoon Song, traveled over from South Korea to the U.S. after her disappearance, which that just always breaks my heart when it's like a foreign exchange student or or somebody whose family lives in another country and they have to travel all the way right. to hear the news that like their child is missing or killed and they have to travel to America. I mean, it's just like worst case scenario of sending your your child off to another country. I can't right. even. It's fathom. somehow it's somehow worse than just getting a phone call and hearing about it. It's like, oh, you have to like here's a whole yes. excursion you also have to do in order. Yeah, to- now you have like a twenty hour tri- trip. It's you just have such to take an elongated experience of the worst thing that could happen to you. Right, and you, and then when it's happening, you can't even be at home. Like you're right. in a foreign country. Right, like you can't even be home with family. I mean, it just sounds that part always gets me. So her mother, Bansung, flew from uh, South Korea. Uh, Cindy had grown up in Seoul, South Korea, and her full name was actually Hyung Jung Song, but her family and friends all called her Cindy. And when she was 15 in 1995, she had moved to the States to live with her aunt and uncle in Springfield, Virginia. Hey-o. I don't know where that is, Yeah, somewhere in Virginia. That Springfield is um, actually like pretty close to Manassas where uh, oh. Lorena Poppet happened. There we go. Yeah. Did you know there's a Springfield in every state and that's why they named the Simpsons? Yeah. I, I, very weird that you mentioned that because that was going to be my first comment about Springfield. I feel like that's one of those things that I think is a fun fact, but like everyone knows, knows it. it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not everyone. Maybe you just blew someone's mind. Wow. Let's pretend. Okay. Um, so she had moved to Springfield, Virginia to live with her aunt and uncle And she was on track to become a graphic and fashion designer, according to an article by Lynn Funk in the Penn State Daily Collegian. And she had a personal website that described her as an international student orientation leader, a member of the Korean Underground Association, and a Red Cross volunteer. So ultimately, Cindy's mom, Bansoon, wanted to be involved in the investigation as much as possible and is quoted as saying, my life is my family and to not know what happened to my only daughter is devastating. Uh, She attended all of the vigils for her missing daughter. And uh, unfortunately, police quickly got kind of sour with the family. Mm. So I feel like this happens sometimes in these cases where suddenly police are just like over it and don't want to. Not really uh, participating uh, or not. Yeah. Moving forward with this or. Yeah. And want to cut the family out of like being involved sort of like like they're in the way or a nuisance or something. Um, so basically what happened is Bansoon was allowed access to Cindy's apartment by police, um, and much to police chagrin, she cleaned up the whole apartment, uh, which... Oh, no. So she tampered with all the evidence, basically. Yeah, so... uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? She... I think that's... Destroyed evidence? Yeah. It starts with a C. It doesn't matter. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know. 
Contaminated, contaminated, contaminated oh. the, the crime scene. She contaminated scene. the crime scene, right. Yes. And to be fair, it wasn't positive that it was a crime scene um, because nobody knew if she if anything had happened at the apartment. But if there had been evidence, like it now a, it had been it tampered with. Yeah. Exactly. So police were agitated. But at the same time, like, they gave her access to the apartment. Right. So I'm like, wouldn't they have known that she would be in the apartment anyway and could yeah, have tampered with evidence? It's not like you're going to go into it. It's, if I just found out that someone I love died yeah. and now I have access to all their things, of course I'm going to touch that shit and like look through it and like. And you're going to like take it home probably back to sleep South in Korea. the bed, take a shower, yeah. cook at the in the kitchen, like clean up her belongings that people have probably rifled through. Yep. Like I mean. I think it makes sense. And also, again, like police told her she can go in there. So I'm like, right. it would have probably been tampered with anyway. Because like if she's in there, you don't know what's been tampered with. Right. So I think if. Um, if we could go if, back in time, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like they shouldn't have told her she could go in there if they didn't want her to touch anything. Right. Um, so for a while, police also thought this might have been a drug-related crime um, because they went through her diary and she had written how she and f- her friends had experimented with marijuana and had tried ecstasy, which I'm like, that doesn't make it a drug-related crime. Like, a college student tries marijuana, okay, like, now okay. suddenly it's a drug crime. Like In that case, everything's a drug crime. Right, exactly. I'm like, okay, you read someone's diary, you could probably find the worst case scenario about everybody's. Yeah, if that's the case, then literally anyone who's ever died and was of college age is... Exactly. Has, is a, it's part of a drug crime. Yeah. It seems like that's... And so it was just odd because it doesn't seem... it. There wasn't any evidence anyway that anyone had taken part in any drug activities the night of the Halloween party. So it was ruled out as a factor... Um, her family also told police she had broken up with her boyfriend a month before her disappearance. So maybe they thought mm. like she might have wanted to die by suicide. It was like a depression thing or maybe she was so upset she left town. But her friends were like, nope, she was over her breakup the night she went missing. Like Halloween night, she was having fun. She was totally over it. She was in good spirits. Like, Could it have then been nothing- the, the boyfriend or the partner who like did something? Oh, maybe. Her? I don't think – I think that he w- didn't even end up being – wasn't even a suspect looked at yeah um that's a good question it just like wasn't even part of the story usually the boyfriend's Um, like the first person you look at and also you don't mess with the apartment (laughs) i know well maybe it was a long a long distance really i don't know oh maybe maybe because i feel like usually in these scenarios if they live in the same town they get questioned at least a little bit right yeah you'd think so i mean maybe it was just like so not part of the maybe he was ruled out Mm -hmm. i'm not sure um, but anyway, so on Cindy's personal website, she had written the words, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I can do anything I want. So get it, Cindy. Yeah, okay. Um, so she was clearly like not still crying over this guy. Um, so what seemed most likely is that Cindy might have headed out to a nearby 24-hour convenience store, which is a place she went often and could have been abducted on her way there or on the way back. According to her friends, going to the store at whatever time of day is something she'd do often, especially like a 24-hour convenience store if you want a snack, if you want anything. I mean, makes sense to just run down the street and go there. Um, however, what seemed odd was that before Stacy dropped her off, the two of them had start, stopped at a Unimart, like a the same kind of thing. Like between 3 and 4 a.m., they'd already stopped at a convenience store. Right. So what was the point of having to go out and get it, go again? Yeah. So it could have been like 
oh, they didn't have the ramen I wanted or something. And she went back out. Or like, I, right. for, you know, it's 3 a.m. I've been drinking. I forgot to buy hot Cheetos. Or it's the middle of the know. night and I want to make a depression cake and I forgot eggs. Exactly. I forgot been eggs. There. Exactly. Been, been there. there for sure. Also been there in terms of going to the store, coming home and going, I literally didn't get the one thing yes. that I meant to buy at the store. So true. So I get it. Um, so it's entirely possible she just went back out to grab something, especially because she went to the store a lot. Um, anyways, but there wasn't any activity on her debit cards. Right. So if they, she had gone, mm-hmm. it would have happened before she got there. Right. Basically. Or she wouldn't have purchased anything. Right. Um, so a few days after Cindy was reported missing, a witness came forward who said she had seen a woman matching Cindy's disappearance, crying and yelling for help in Philadelphia's Chinatown district, which is 200 miles from Cindy's apartment. Okay. So apparently 200 when the witness- miles? Yeah. Okay. So, like, totally different town, totally different part of the state. Uh, When the witness attempted to intervene, she was chased off by the man who told her to mind her own business. And then police created a sketch, like a composite drawing of the man with olive to light brown complexion and medium length hair. Um, But the police quickly lost faith in this witness and didn't believe her story um, to be related. Not that they didn't believe her story, but they didn't believe it was related to Cindy's disappearance because she changed her story multiple times and it seemed... It just started to seem unreliable. Um, who knows if it was or not, but it pretty quickly was disregarded. And um, according to Detective Sprinkle, <laughs> uh, Cindy's <laughs> case was his biggest at the time. He said, quote, we get missing Penn State students all the time, but come Sunday night, they come back for a class on a Monday morning. So uh, even though it was, as he said, his biggest case at the time, a lot of people were not happy with the way he and the police department responded. Well, to, yeah, if, you're, uh, if your first response is like, ah, people go missing all the time. It's like, okay, well, you're clearly not taking this very seriously because you're waiting until Monday to see that she made totally. it to class when really in the first 24 hours we need to be the most concerned. And Yes, and that's the thing is like, remember there was earlier when I said like, oh, for unknown reasons, there were many delays until they looked at her phone and bank a- right. account. And it's oh, like, yeah, you said that earlier of like, oh, and then they finally got to her phone. It's like, that's like the days. first fucking thing you should be looking you at. A college student so. goes missing and you have her phone at your disposal. like Your phone and her credit cards? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like really heartbreaking. And again, that goes back to like the parents being in a different country. That just breaks my right. heart of like. They're so far away, they can't... There's only so much they can even do, and also a language barrier, probably. Yeah. They can't even yell at them properly. Right. So then when they get here, it's like, how can you even be, you know, expected to be taken seriously or, like, say what you're trying to say to the proper authorities? I mean, it just sounds so frustrating. Um, So in any case, yeah, he was like, this is my biggest case at the time, but people were very frustrated with, like, how the police were handling this. Um, And one of the people, unsurprisingly, was Cindy's mother, Bansoon, and in support of her an action group was formed with penn state students in various community groups and it was called the coalition for the search for cindy song oh i know it gives me snaps for penn state damn i know i know they they banded together um so on january 31st 2002 three months after cindy's disappearance the coalition held a press conference in which they fiercely criticized the Ferguson Township Police Department for not doing enough to solve the case. They compared the case to a local 13-year-old white girl who had gone missing on New Year's Day, pointing out that over 50 FBI agents were tasked with finding her while mm-hmm. Song's case was initially run by a single investigator, Mr. Detective Brian Sprinkle mm-hmm. to you. Yep. 
So, uh, and they only extended to a team of six state police um, after public pressure from Penn State's Black Caucus and the Korean Undergraduate Students Association. So it was one guy. And then after quite a bit of pressure from different coalitions, I'm sorry, different groups, they extended it to a team of six police officers. And meanwhile, you know, 50 FBI agents were tasked with finding this other girl in similar time period. So it's like, they're just very frustrated, understandably. Um, so Penn State, its alumni association, and the Song family came up with a $27,000 reward. But according to Black Caucus officials, Penn State did not use their clout to push the investigation along, mm. um, which I find really disheartening. Yeah. So even though the groups at Penn State, so like the Black Caucus and the Korean Undergraduate Student Association, they got together to um, – you know, do what they could, the the university itself wasn't using their power right. very uh, according to them, they weren't using the power to they had a kind voice and weren't taking and weren't taking advantage of it. Exactly, exactly. Silence is violence. Yep. Yep. Just yep. saying. JS. Okay. J- JS. <laughs> NBD JS. Okay. NBD. WID. Okay. So uh right. So they complained that the university should have been held responsible for ensuring that students who go missing are found and take more responsibility for that, which I totally understand. Um, but you have to be fair at the same time, um, it, investigators were in a tough position in that there wasn't a crime scene. There wasn't a body. There was barely any evidence. Um, and it's, it, it was sort of like a weird, uh, I don't even know the right word, like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, Okay. They're getting pressured to do more, but at the same time, it's like they don't really have anything to go on, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that. Like, there's no body. There was no evidence, really, except the falsies, Just I Just kind of stuck. Yeah. Kind of stuck. Um, so, uh, but oh, so they did give Cindy's mother an on-campus apartment and internet access for what it's worth, I guess. Thanks. Um, yeah. Also, like, an on-campus apartment, like a dorm room. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wow. Thank um, you. Like wonderful. unfurnished uh, cement walls, cement yeah. floor, kind of internet. If you have an ethernet oh, this, cable, those also carpets. your daughter's Ugh. dead. So Also, you're surrounded by like 18-year-olds. Have fun. Who don't speak your, your language. Yeah. Right. Yikes. And are drunk always. So um, anyway, in February of 2002, one student wrote in the Collegian, quote, there is a sister of our Penn State community missing right now and nobody even cares. Yes, I can swallow the fact that this grand university has essentially ignored Cindy's disappearance because old state has its happy valley reputation to maintain. But to see this apathy coming from my fellow peers is unbearable. And at today's press conference organized by the Coalition to Find Cindy Song, my eyes were opened as to how apathetic this community really is. And then in that same article, it was reported that someone called a person in State College at 2.30 a.m. claiming to be Cindy, and police traced it to two 17-year-old girls who said it was just a prank. (gasps) What? Can you imagine? Are you serious? These Literally, these two teenage girls called at 2.30 in the morning claiming to be Cindy, and it turned out they were just playing a quote-unquote prank i hope I, karma gets him good like that oh, i'm sure it awful. will I at that rate it's like you if you don't know what you did what kind of behavior that is like i don't yeah, know what to tell you're, you you're a lost cause at that point right exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly 
Um, so one key question amongst all of this was if Cindy, if Cindy was headed toward the shop, um, the 24 hour convenience store, surely there would have been some sort of CCTV footage or security footage. Right. Um, but since it had taken so long to look, I mean, everything had already been recorded over. A lot of those tapes just replay, you know, every 24 right. hours they record over themselves. So in my opinion, I'm not sure, but in my opinion, if they had checked that right away, maybe they would have had a better better chance of getting sure if they did a lot of things of it. faster it would have <laughs> exactly yeah so exactly um but again since her credit cards weren't used who knows how far she even got down mm. the street before making it to the convenience store if at all so Bansoon's song her mother got a lawyer named jin han a new york-based attorney and the family spokesperson who commented that after four months of no real hard information surfacing Quote, words cannot begin to express the agony the Song family has felt since the disappearance of their daughter. This has been compounded by the poor investigation. And after this, in a seeming retaliation, the police stopped contacting the family, just like by, right. um, which led by investigator Detective Sprinkle, uh, who claimed this was done for Cindy's sake in the case and not the family, adding, quote, we pretty much cut them off. Mm. So the case was featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries toward the end of 2002 and also Without a Trace in 2003. And that did lead to some renewed public interest in the case um, and a whole slew of unfortunately unsubstantiated leads. At one point, Cindy's disappearance was thought to have been linked to the disappearances of some other young people around this time. Uh, Josh Gimo, episode 188. Uh, if you recall, Erica Dahlquist, Chris Jenkins, and Michael Knoll, and that was part of the smiley face killer theory. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically, it seemed like a lot of times, anytime somebody kind of a college-age student went missing in that time period, it was like, could it be part of the smiley face It could be clumped together with theory. just anything else. Yeah, especially because the smiley case killer theory spanned so many different states. Right. So, it's, so that was one of the theories. Um, and then in 2003 came the biggest breakthrough yet, which was that a man named Paul Weekly, who was facing felony charges and was acting as a police informant in prison to reduce his sentence, claimed he knew who had murdered Cindy Song. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he claimed that a man named Hugo Selensky murdered Cindy with the help of Michael Kurkowski, a pharmacist who ran an illegal drug ring. So Paul Weekly claimed that the pair... So Selensky and Krakowski saw Cindy walking in her costume, quote, mistook her for a prostitute, end quote. Even though she looked cute, not sexy. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, So they quote, that's his, his line. So who knows? But that's his quote. Kidnapped her and took her back to Selensky's place where she was imprisoned in a walk-in safe, assaulted numerous times over the course of a few days, and left to die. Oh, my God. So police swarmed on Selensky's house, believing this to be a credible lead. And they didn't find Cindy Song. Oh, okay. But they did find Uh-oh, what? Uh, the charred remains of five bodies. <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So which is worse? I don't know. Got it. So it's like, oh, well, that's shitty that they didn't get answers. But also now, holy shit, there are so many more victims here. What's going on? Um, So they found the charred remains of at least five bodies. And basically, they had just stumbled upon with this tip 
a serial killer and a mass graveyard at his home. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. So by the time Zelensky's yard was properly excavated, the number of bodies had risen to 12. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. So depending on how you look at it, unfortunately and fortunately, uh, yeah. Cindy's was not among the bodies found, which is always like the dilemma, I think, of like, I want answers, but obviously I don't want the worst outcome. Right. Must be very frustrating. Um, however, they did find the body of Michael Kurkowski, the one that this oh. Paul Weekly guy said was his like so he, partner in crime. So maybe Paul Weekly was trying to push it off on this guy who was already yes. dead? Is that what happened? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> Listen, you can see right through these people, Em. I- <laughs> Listen, you give me just about 99% of the information and I can figure out the rest. Don't you worry. I mean, I I probably couldn't after a glass of wine, so I'm proud of you. (laughs) Um, So they did find the body of Michael Kurkowski in Selensky's yard. And uh, that was the guy running an illegal drug ring. And they also found the body of Kurkowski's girlfriend, Tammy Fassett, both of whom were assumed to have been on the run at the time. Um, Selensky's lawyers refuted that he had any knowledge of Cindy's song. He's like, yeah, he murdered these like 12 people and his friend, but definitely not this Playboy bunny. Sure. So don't worry about it. Got it. Um, so they refuted that he had any knowledge of Cindy providing witness statements and- that proved he was hundreds of miles away from her abduction and his alibi was like pretty much watertight. So oh, okay, he kind of didn't do it. And that's where they turned on Paul Weekly in prison and were like, right. wait, why did you just put us onto these two guys, one of whom is right. a murderer? Like slide of hand whom- over here, distracting yeah, us. Yeah, wh- exactly. Like, why are you sending us that way? Right. Like, you're the common denominator also, here. Also, Paul Weekly could have kept his mouth shut and never said anything, and neither crime would have been figured out, right? This is true. But since he wanted to be a police informant, he was hoping that he could, like... I see. Get a, be- a reduced sentence by... Spilling something, yeah. Spilling it, yeah, exactly. Which seems weird, too, because it's like, well, your information was wrong, but I guess also you saw lots of crimes. A, B for effort? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of weird. So they turned on Paul, and then his story kind of fell apart. So then he he suddenly switched his story, and he said, oh, well, what happened was Selensky murdered Kurkowski and his girlfriend Tammy because... Kurkowski had wanted to keep Cindy's bunny ears as a souvenir of the murder. And that's why Selensky was so mad that he killed him and his girlfriend. Okay. Uh, and pretty soon it came, became clear that that was all bullshit. Selensky uh, hadn't killed Michael Kurkowski because of bunny ears, but because of $60,000 that he had hidden in his house. Hmm. So it's, a, it's very convoluted. I know it's like a lot of names. Um, but basically, this guy in prison is like, no, these two killed this woman, Cindy. And then gotcha. they're like, well, one of them is dead. And he's like, right, right, right. Well, he killed the, the dead one. <laughs> okay. Because of the bunny ears. That the it Just listen, it's all very conv- convoluted. I apologize. No, no, no. You're doing a good job. In, essentially, then they were like, okay, so he's just making up lies here. Um, why is he coming up with this bunny ear lie? Why is he trying to push us in this direction? Maybe he had something to do with Cindy's disappearance and he's trying to push us away from him. Right. So he later admitted to participating in, (laughs) long story short, he later uh, admitted to participating in the murders of Kurkowski and Facet, his girlfriend Facet, uh, in exchange for the $60,000 that was stashed in his home. So it was basically a red, it was all a red herring to divert attention from himself 
Yep. Even though he was part of the the murder. This okay. is so complicated. No, I'm sorry. It's really not. It's you're doing a good job. It's like three different people, but two of them have like Polish names and I'm just <laughs> Krakowski. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Krakowski and Selensky and oh my god. A lot of lot of lot of crackly sounding names. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. In any case, Paul Weekly is full of shit and really just sent them on a wild goose chase that also ended up solving a bunch of other crimes. Yeah, it worked out. Question mark, question yeah, mark? Okay. In a way. Yeah. And then it turns out Paul Weekly was involved in those murders anyway. So Cindy was just like a red herring that he found the information on and was like, oh, I'm going to use this to try and get myself out of this other murder. Right. So they searched his computer and found that he had downloaded numerous articles about Cindy. But I mean, the idea, at least in my mind, too, is like he was probably researching the case since he was going to use it as a red herring. Right. Like he probably was just researching the case to be like, I want to know my facts so I can divert attention. I don't think it was because he murdered her. Um, so a more chilling theory also arose, which is that perhaps Weekly was the murderer and he was keeping all these clippings as souvenirs, and, but it ended up being discounted and he didn't end up being um, a serious uh, suspect. So in 2004, the police decided to consult a California psychic Ooh. after being, I know, after being approached by the Penn State Paranormal Research Society, shout out. hey yo, hey yo. Uh, so Carla Barron, who lives in North Hollywood, shout out. Wait a minute. No Ayo. <laughs> Ayo. Is a self-described psychic detective. According to ABC News, she has no formal training, but a wealth of spiritual contacts and had previously provided some help- helpful information in the Elizabeth Smart abduction. Mm. So apparently Detective Sprinkle had never worked with a psychic before, but when he did with Carla, she laid out tarot cards, looked at a picture of Cindy and asked Cindy questions as she hunted for clues in the spiritual world. So cool. Um yeah, so Sprinkle had given her the names Hugo Selensky and Michael Krakowski. Oh, my God. <laughs> the ones I gave you wow. that just make everything so complicated as yeah. potential suspects because they weren't sure. Like, he gave those to the psychic, I mean. Right, right, right. Like, because they weren't sure at the time if if maybe they were involved. This was before they were ruled out, I guess. At least they were taking it kind of seriously before they just, like, completely shut, like, disregarded it. But the the two... Like the two names, the two. even though like Michael Krakowski or whatever was already dead, at least they like kind of oh, still right. had him in the running of like they were like maybe this is something, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, whole, at least they weren't neglecting evidence like they did with like the phone and all that. Earlier yes, on, and so. the the woman in Chinatown, and yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Well, according to Carla, quote, Cindy's telling me she is in a different place now. She knows why this is. Excuse me. She knows why this happened to her. When asking Cindy, how did you lose your life? The answer apparently coming to Carla was, this was somebody obsessed with her. Selensky and Kurkowski were at the helm. They were orchestrating, but the person, she knew the person. Wow. Carla then accompanied Detective Sprinkle on a drive around Pennsylvania that Easter of 2004. Um, She wanted to look for some railroad tracks, water, and some sort of generator, uh, which had come to her in a vision. So they pulled over and found an area that looked like her description um and looking at the landscape carla said they didn't walk down here with cindy they threw her so detective sprinkle reflected on carla's help to the case saying quote she's given us a lot of information but nothing that has been helpful at this time it may turn into something down the road so it didn't pan out into anything but you know who knows if the case i I kind of already hinted that it was an unsolved mystery so we don't have an answer but maybe 
Um, there were 21 binders of information on Cindy Song in Ferguson Township Police uh, Department, originally in Detective Sprinkle's office. Uh, the only active lead is the tie to Selensky, but apart from that... Um, it's kind of a dead end. Yeah, there's there's the bunny ears, but like that doesn't seem to be very likely. Uh, in any case, the case is still unsolved. Um, it's just really sad... It's just really heartbreaking. But there, there is the Kate, the sketch of the Chinatown suspect, and you can look at uh, photos of Solensky, Weekly, and Krakowski in case you know maybe they are involved somehow. And then in 2003, Detective Brian Sprinkle told the Collegian, "Cindy's dead. I don't have any belief that Cindy is alive." So eventually, Bansoon Song returned home to South Korea, where she continues the long, arduous wait, uh, hoping to hear about her missing daughter. Ferguson Township Police Chief Diane Conrad says the investigation is ongoing and that Song's DNA is part of various national law enforcement databases. So, mm. I mean, fingers crossed with all these DNA, you know, yeah. breakthroughs, hopefully something is solved. And if you do have any information regarding the whereabouts of Cindy Song, you can contact the Ferguson Township Police at 814-237-1172. Wow. And that is the case of Cindy Song. And I really hope it gets figured out. Yeah. Well... Well done, Christine. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I know that was a lot and a lot of names. Again, a lot of Polish people involved. A lot of werewolves, a lot of Polish people. <laughs> we got a, a lot happened today. Happy birthday, Gio. Oh, I have oh. also, whenever you want, I also have a Scorpio scope. I want it now. Okay, great. So this is a, a horoscope for Gio. Oh, dear. Happy fifth old Giovanni. Happy birthday, Giovanni. Okay. Scorpio, whenever things aren't going exactly the way you want them to, you need to start getting creative about your expectations. But you also have to know when to stand your ground and not give in. Oh, he not knows even when. An inch. Yeah. Well, don't <laughs> worry. He's a Scorpio. He'll, he won't give an inch. Speak up if you just can't go along with what everyone else is saying or doing. Sometimes the only way to get people to listen to you and respect what you say is by forcing them to. Yep. That's Scorpio right there. A quiet word to the right person will get you the satisfaction you need. Gio doesn't know a quiet word, but, you know, <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Good luck being quiet, Gio. It's not going to work. Good luck. You're going to do everything by force. You're going to really make your make yourself known. <laughs> You're going to walk into the room. Everyone's going to know a Scorpio walked in. They're going to bow down, and you're going to have a great birthday. And it's going to be the same as every other day of the year. So. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. anyway, happy birthday to Giovanni. Uh, happy belated Halloween. Uh, I'm sure it's like mid-November now. I know. Happy Scorpio season. Um, Fingers crossed I the guess... election went well. If it, no. if it didn't, I hope everyone's like real fucked up and watching their favorite like depression movie right now. Just lock your doors. I don't know, man. This is the um, last time we will be recording without information about this. So excuse us if we seem naive and bubbly. We don't yeah. know what's going on. See you in, in the, the future, future, I suppose. We're naive. Yeah. And ignorant. So Em's going to go drink some watermelon juice. I'm going to oh! go drink some wine. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. All right. And that's why we drink watermelon juice. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yum. Clink. Okay. Bye. <laughs> In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.